Hold on. Well, now I gotta stop the time. Start the timer again. If you're gonna start, okay. I'm not. I'm not worried about Ready? the timer. I got time in front of me. Yep. Action. Our friends at Main Street Books, well, my friends, your sister, uh, have once again offered our listeners twenty percent off their book order at MainStreetBooksDavidson.com. You use the promo code Take Note. You buy yourself the collected John Ashbery or uh, any other book you might want. Uh, thank your sister for me, Ted. I will. Just go over to the URL and find whatever book you want. You're going to find a huge selection, the, the same selection that the internet will provide you. Uh, but uh, thanks again, Ada, for making this possible for our viewers, our listeners, to uh, to get a little discount. So Main Street Books, Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid internet timer. Welcome to Take Note. This is our little podcast about carrying around a notebook, carrying around a writing implement of some source. Maybe it's a Dixon Ticonderoga that you found in the gutter, or maybe it's a, a... fancy pilot fountain pen that you keep in a little soft velvet case tucked into your front pocket doesn't matter but uh, when you see something say something or better yet write something down in your notebook and then read it to your friend adam hello adam hey hey ted when you see something don't say something that's the that's the spirit that's the slogan that's the motto of this podcast how are you bud well, I have, I have rest assured, I have not said something a sufficient number of times in my life. I believe I'm all, I'm all squared away in that category. Uh, I am doing well. I took a trip to Austin, Texas uh, over the weekend after a great deal of, uh, of testing and, and uh, managing uh, public health on a personal and a public level, but it was a very uh, enjoyable and exciting time. So I'm I'm tired, but I'm uh, I'm buzzing from human experience. Good stuff. How That's are you? not human experience. You're buzzing from Ted. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> well, every, I'm good. Uh... <laughs> I'm good. The uh, the stream is sweet and the fish are fat, buddy. <laughs> that is, of course, from John Ashbery's poem at North Farm, which you uh, you recommended to me, and I accepted your recommendation as the poem that we read once a day all month long in October. If you're a listener and you'd like to join along, I know you won't be able to do the whole month, but you could start now, today, this moment when you're listening. Go to uh, go to the internet. Find it. Uh, well, uh, besides reading poetry, the other thing we do is uh, ask, what do you got? means, what have you written down in your notebook of late? Adam, what do you got? All right. I wrote this down. For 30 years, I had the pass and never used it once, says a Cincinnati man on the phone in the movie theater. He and his wife and I are the only people in the theater. The power went out just before the movie started. The emergency lights are on. He's telling the person on the other end of the phone about his grandson in college. I told him to go get laid, he says. The movie we probably won't be seeing today is The Card Counter. The usher enters to apologize and offer us vouchers. I suggest maybe he could just tell us what happens in the movie. What movie were you seeing, he asks asks gamely. 
Grandpa says, I have no idea. That was my trip to the movies the other day. The crossover between uh, lascivious grandpa and and small indie, daytime indie movie, uh, unexpected. An unexpected <laughs> juxtaposition. No, you know what the crossover was? A lascivious grandpa and 12.50 p.m. start time. <laughs> I, You know, that reminds me. I wrote this down, not as a what do you got per se, uh, but I was watching the singer band leader commander cody who i don't know much about i've heard of him kind of like a rockabilly boogie woogie 70s sort of dude uh i was watching an old david letterman clip where he appeared and he's he reminds me of like uh like a a uh a boogie woogie henry rollins like like crazy out of his head and never stops talking but manages still to be interesting and entertaining um, which is not doing Henry Rollins quite enough justice. Anywho, speaking of crossovers, uh, Dave was kind of grilling him on what he considers himself. He, you know, he's a painter, he's a singer, he, uh, he does all this, you know, goes, goes tours all around the country. And Commander Cody insists, I'm an ex-jock artist. Hmm. I thought, okay, ex-jock artist. Somehow, I don't know. Somehow it made sense to me. Um, you know, I, I, Commander Cody is a, a name that has been spoken by someone in my family from when I was too young to just even investigate who it was. But I, like it, there's, there's like a 20% chance that my mom had a thing for Commander Cody. <laughs> so I'd really rather we move on, Ted. Um, what, what do you got? Okay. Um... All right, in the break room, which at my office building that is still quite bereft of human activity, um, I was making myself a cup of coffee. A coworker rolled in. Me. Sorry, I'm not dressed to see other human beings today, coworker. That's okay, I'm not human. <laughs> Me. Laughs and inches my way slowly out of the break room and back to my office. What do you got, Adam? All right, so uh, I've written down a couple of odd spam messages that I've found on my 12-year-old's phone. My 12-year-old's phone. So uh, I don't know. Sometimes I think about what it would be like to suddenly have a cell phone in this weird day and age where, like, when someone calls you, it's almost certainly not the person you want to speak to. <laughs> or, you know, it's like yeah. a robot. The other day, Logan told me I should be nicer to the robots. Yeah. Um, anyway, there were these two messages on here. Just got my phone back. My mom looked through it. Skull emoji. Sorry, wrong number. So what must a 12-year-old think when he gets this message from... Anyway, and then the other one, and this the, the thing to know about this one... My my twelve year old's obsessed with Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, you know, the really the Mario verse. So this message is Hi Mario, this is Stephanie with Titan Security. I came across your resume and wanted to discuss some of you some of our openings. When would you be able available for a virtual interview? Like if you're if you're a twelve year old obsessed with Mario and suddenly someone's calling you Mario and asking you for a virtual interview, like I, I think I'm in a way lucky that my son, or unlucky, doesn't have a job with Titan Security now. What well, with the labor shortage and everything. 
<laughs> I'd be glad to talk about job opportunities. Let's a go. Let's a go. Yeah. Um, huh. And then, then, then this is the next thing I have written in here, which is not a text from my uh, on on Logan's phone, and I wasn't going to read it, but I like I like imagining that this is a text. This is a quote from a New York Review of Books article that I read and really liked. But the quote is, "When the occasional corpse." Uh, beached on the on the batcher, its eyes devoured by river shrimp. The kids bounced rocks off of it like a trampoline. So I guess if I'm thinking about the sort of texts that my 12 year old could be getting that he shouldn't be getting on his phone, it's much better. What he is getting is much better than the quotes I could be sending him from the New York Review books. Uh, uh, what do you, you got? When... <laughs> this this one tells you how a lunch went the other day i wrote this in the middle of uh eating by myself just call a burrito what it is six tacos in one uh, <laughs> it had been a while since i had had a full-on burrito and i i was rather shocked at what i found <laughs> i was halfway through just like my god what is this monstrosity that i've have, uh, have taken on i used to eat these things all the time. Finish them. Wish I had another one. Well, that <laughs> I love that. That fits with my um, the famous burrito theory of 1999, which is <laughs> that um, when you order a burrito, the first third of it is, is lunch, and the middle third of it is dinner, and that last third, you must be thrown away because of everything that is, like, seeped into the bottom. Like, if you if you get one of those greasy burritos. Oh, man. I Love used it. to, well, I used to just breakfast, lunch, and dinner all in one sitting, happily. <laughs> yeah, me too. If um, if re- immediately followed by pain and regret. If 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 there's only one thing from this podcast that stands the test of time, I think it's that um, what a burrito really is is six tacos. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that should be it. <laughs> No truer I, words have ever been spoken. Let me t- I'm just going to finish space. up. I'm going to finish up this fifth taco, and, but I won't be done yet. I will. There will still be a sixth taco for me to to eat before this lunch is complete. And if that sixth one could somehow be greasier than anything I've ever <laughs> eaten before, I I it was a mark of maturity that I uh, that I recognized what was happening and I. I stopped it. I I brought some sanity back to the equation and threw out the uh, the four tortillas worth of burrito wrapping that I was about to, or tempted to consume at least because that's what you do. You eat the whole burrito. It's, just, it's messed up. But the other thing I did mentioned went to Austin. I was very excited to see some live music. Uh, I had actually bought these tickets back in uh, pre-Delta days in an absolute adrenaline rush of excitement. Uh, even tried to get Burke Nixon. Uh, you may remember him from his amazing discussion of Bob Dylan's newest album on the podcast. Uh, he, he, he never bit, but uh, I sent him some videos to make him feel guilty when I was there. But uh, it's great. It's great to see. We uh, you sent him videos of the Waxahachie concert. Well, you know, I took a little ten-second video. Um, 
and sent it to him. One uh, of those guys, huh? Well, I mean, everybody's doing it. You do a few mm. seconds, and you it's not like I'm sitting there, you know, for 30 straight minutes or something. But everybody's well, here's, doing it. Here's the reason that you never need to do that. Because everybody's doing it, and it's all on YouTube in an hour. <laughs> like, but I don't know the, I don't know these people. I don't know who they are. I, I'm not... I'm not following their TikTok accounts. Um, oh, yeah, you just you just search YouTube for uh, Waxahachie, Boston. Wait, that sounds like a real blast. Why don't I just take <laughs> ten seconds of video that I can uh, look at right before I fall asleep to remind myself of the show, and uh, and we'll call. So I hope I don't know. I hope if you if, listeners, have you gotten to go out and see any live music? Let us know. I want to know about it? Maybe someone was, was someone Kevin Moore be there. Send us a voice memo. Oh, should we do that? Okay. Someone yeah. send us a voice memo. You know, sure. uh, this reminds me of the uh, the podcast "Rock in the Suburbs," which is a great music podcast. They do a ton of them, but people uh, do voice memos and send them in. You gotta show you go to see. Do a little thirty seconds on it, and maybe we'll uh, we'll play it on the show and listen to your experience. Um, there's really nothing that says podcast about writing down your thoughts, like <laughs> encouraging our listeners to not write down their thoughts, but to send us a voice memo. Well, uh, le- okay. Write it down first, then read a, read yourself writing, it, read yourself reading it and then record Just, it. Yeah. Email. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me, uh, matter of fact of an email that we got from, Drew, who claims to be probably in the top five fans of the show. Our, our top five list is, is growing more crowded by the day. Um, but Drew says uh, he, he had a query about this, this lifestyle that we lead. Um, he asked, when you make notes, do you write them down immediately, potentially in the middle of whatever is going on, or do you wait until you have a more opportune moment my issue, this being Drew, is that it is often difficult to note things down as they happen, but if I wait, I often forget the precise wording or details that occurred to me. Perhaps this is less of an issue for people who have not fried their short-term memory, but I'm curious how more seasoned notebook keepers take their notes. Uh, this is a great question. It's a, it's a highly prescient question. The answer is you have to write it down immediately, no matter what, or as you say, uh, your host. So the, this reminds me, the other day, somebody told me about a base that was supposedly underground in the Kuwaiti, in the Kuwaiti desert, and he, he called it a sand submarine, which I think there's no way that could be the, uh, the official name of that thing but uh what i did after uh, after this guy said sand submarine to me while i was driving immediately after that conversation i went oh it was sand submarine and in a red light i i wrote down sand submarine it just yeah. I, I wrote down a little something so that later that day when i came back to sand submarine i could write a few paragraphs about it so i think that's one that's one practical solution to uh yeah. we'll call it the sand submarine situation um sand submarine scenario mm, we'll figure out what that we'll, we'll we'll workshop it 
Um, but yeah, you've, I think you got to write it down when it happens if you're going to get the words right. So, um, you know, I was writing down, I was writing down exactly what that guy in that movie theater said, right? Yeah. Like when he said that, uh, he told his grandson he had to get laid, you know, <laughs> and that for 30 years he'd never used what I think was a major league baseball pass of some sort. Um, I think you got to write it down when it happens, even if it's a little embarrassing and it is a little embarrassing. Well, yeah. I, I think. You know, in terms of practicality, the first thing is to sort of identify what about it was so unique that you won't be able to recapture later. So if you hear someone say something interesting, write those specific words down. Don't worry about providing any context. Like Adam saying, you know, sand submarine. That's what was interesting. The other, whatever else the guy said was not inherently in its phrasing interesting it's really the phrasing you know i find that that's what i can't recapture is just the certain order of words that led to some unique thing and keep your notebook in your pocket where you can pull it out quickly and just scribble it don't worry about neatness or whatever just get get those that particular turn of phrase down if you have to scrawl it across, you know, two open pages or whatever, just get it get it down and then yeah, worry about fleshing it out later if you even care to. Gas stations are hey, good for that. I take a lot of notes filling up the gas. Uh when something occurs to me. You know, we didn't something. choose this lifestyle cuz it's because it's the cool thing to do but and also i think it's the one thing that i i I know we've talked about before but i think is important is not just our stupid lifestyle like real real professional writers are often quoted in interviews as saying that um that they're gonna forget it too if they don't write it down immediately that they've they know they've they feel as though they've forgotten great stories or brilliant ideas because they didn't write it down Absolutely. I currently have a uh, little stack of uh, post-it notes. I guess you don't call it a stack. I wonder what you call it. A murder of post-it notes in, <laughs> uh, in, the, in the bathroom where I take a shower so that if I hop out of the shower, and that's, that's not just for like things to write down in my notebook, but that's like if I have a work idea or something. And, you know, uh, related, I, I recently read someone say that uh, you got to keep a like, little notepad next to your desk or not next to your desk, on your nightstand, so that what you should do is you should write down all the things you need to do the next day. This is more of a work-related task. But you write down what you need to do the next day, and that's what allows you to sleep easier. So that's just a little bonus. That's not even the question that Drew asked. <laughs> but that's the kind of service we we provide. We're helping him with his notebook, and we're helping him get his work done. I've been worried about Drew and his productivity. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you've got uh, a question or a comment, yeah, you can visit takenote.space, that's a URL, uh, and click the uh, say hello button, I think is what it is. Yeah. Uh, oh, Ted, if people are going to send us a voice memo, and I'm not as against that idea as as I suggested before, it's just having a little fun with you, but if people are going to send us a voice memo, how are they going to do that? We don't give out an email address, do we? I don't know. First I tease you, and then, then I come in for the kill. 
<laughs> yep, that's true. We haven't set up that kind of infrastructure. At the uh, at the top of the show, we mentioned uh, John Ashbery, and we've talked about the fact that we're this month, the month of October, we are reading at North Farm every day. Because last month I read The Silken Tent at your suggestion that I wanted to find a poem to read every day because I read a little article in the New York Times and I decided to let it control my life. Um, <laughs> so I guess uh, we've only been reading it for a few days every day, but I, I've got a couple questions. Yeah. Uh, how many how many days have you read this this poem? I think I'm on day three. I was a little slow. I had to get up to speed. Um but I, I printed it out on a nice piece of paper. I fold it up. I keep it in the back of my field notes. So, or actually, oh, I wanted to mention this is, that's not a field notes right now. It's actually an Archie McPhee brand Rosie the Riveter pocket notebook that I've been enjoying. Anywho, it's, it's got a little pocket, slide pocket in the back of that. Uh, so it's there with me all the time and uh, I kind of unfold it like a, like a sacred document and uh it's short but uh i like this poem um because it's uh it's uh pointing at the reader very aggressively uh somewhere someone is traveling furiously toward you that's kind of a fun yeah so you hadn't read this poem before. You didn't know what poem, at least, maybe you have read it before, but you didn't probably know that that was the poem we were reading again or something. So right. uh, when you when you first read it and you first come to that line and that first stanza, um, especially before it like takes that turn, uh, I don't know, how did you feel? That's exciting, right? It was exciting. It was, uh, it was threatening. And uh, I felt, uh, I felt, pointed out and nervous i think my palms probably got slightly sweaty and i immediately you know in reading the rest of the poem you you're put on your guard to say okay figure out what's coming toward you uh this is this is no longer just re it's not a poem about something else it becomes a poem about your own experience and being targeted by this kind of concept uh and, you know, the brain immediately starts saying, well, what is this thing traveling furiously toward me? And I think I think that, in a way, will be the journey of the month is to see with each new reading what, it, what, what one feels is traveling towards one. Um, and I, so I, I plan to sort of keep a note of that as I go. Like, today, what do I think is hurtling towards me? Yeah. I, I like uh, the, the, the silk content. I, I really think was just one thing, which is not a criticism yeah. of it, but is one image. And so in a weird way, I was uh, meditating, I guess, on this one image for an entire month. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and definitely one of my reactions to it was like, at some point I was like, I could use more than one thing, right? Like, I think I've got this poem. Um, and so yeah. one of the things I really liked about this poem, and it was not even why I chose it, but... The two stanzas are two different ideas and they're related yeah. maybe and somehow and it can it seems like there's something for my brain to do every day which is just after reading it without even actively thinking about it your brain is trying to figure out how exactly are these things related and i think my yeah. uh understanding of that my understanding because i don't really think there's a right or a wrong but um 
the way I think about that has kind of the opportunity to change every day. Whereas the Silken Tent by that hack Frost um, was, <laughs> you know, there was one thing and I got it. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure I could have gotten it on a deeper level, but but I, I had the concept down. And with this one, there's, uh, with At North Farm by John Ashbery, there's, uh, there's, there's something to kind of like puzzle over. Oh, it's certainly intentionally evasive and um, um, foreboding or, or you know, the, the not knowing is, is a huge part of the tension. And I think the two stanzas that you mentioned um, do, do something that a poem is very well equipped to do, which is just pivot wildly in the middle disorientingly so uh, without necessarily the burden of explaining what it means and then just leaving you the reader to to pick up the pieces and puzzle it out or not puzzle it out or or just live with the mystery it's it's really a great pivot and I even drew a little arrow right at that moment when it goes from give you the thing he has for you hardly anything grows here it's just this wild you're suddenly plopped here, wherever here might be, um, with these just strange characteristics, and and your your mind is just left, as you said, to do a lot of work. It's fascinating to. It's fascinating to live in confusion and uncertainty in a piece of work as a as a fundamental part of the reading of it. I'm no scientist, but I was once taught that one of the things that a haiku does is the third line of the haiku makes you think about the first two lines differently or connects the two in some sort of interesting way. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure haikus do a lot of things and maybe a lot of poems do this, but I think of that a lot where, um, you know, the second stanza, the changes the meaning of the first stanza for me in that pivot anyway i'm glad you're enjoying it i'm i'm sorry that for the entire month you will be three days behind me enjoy a a halloween on the third um just no no spoilers uh, (laughs) about what day 27 is going to be like (laughs) when when i'm stuck on day 24 yeah don't ruin it for me and uh let's do this again next week adam what do you say bud sounds good you can view us View yep. us, that would be strange. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to view us. You can view us on, on TikTok. <laughs> you can visit our website at takenote.space. Uh, while you're there, I strongly recommend you subscribe to our newsletter uh, called Prompts. That Mostly Adam Adam is the editorial lead on that. He just sent one out. It was fantastic. Uh, go and subscribe. Sign up for that. Uh, we don't bombard you. You will enjoy it. Uh, we're on Twitter, twitter.com slash pod. And in the meantime, take care. If we were going to have a TikTok, should our account be um, TikTok or TikNote? TikNoteTalk? <laughs> yep. Tick, take note talk. We're on TikTok. Tick, 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 t